This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, July 9th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, the savage one, Mr. Tony Spark. Tony, how you doing this morning? Doing good, buddy. It is Friday, ready for another fun show. How you doing? Doing all right. You know, it's the end of the week, getting ready for a a big pay-per-view event uh, that we're putting on here in uh, Reno. It's uh, Reno Palooza. Seven bands, four solo artists. It's going to be a, a, a live Phoenix Media pay-per-view production that, uh, you know, getting ready for that, putting this show together. It's uh, a lot of work, but you know what? I'm ready for it to be here and just glad that it's Friday. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one, man. That's uh, definitely worth checking out. A lot of local bands in Reno. Exactly. And uh, it's too bad you had to go home so soon because otherwise you could have come with me and uh you know enjoyed some uh, live local music which it's nice to get back to live music all together yeah well any music any po- at this point uh, would be fun to see live just to go see it and get out so exactly yeah no more uh you know these little quarantine shows you know now it's uh getting back into groups and and experiencing that uh you know that live energy yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Was it our uh, our co our once in a while uh, correspondent or sports guy G Man and his band is yep. in there? Yep, his band Seedless Tendency. Uh, they are uh, not the direct headliner, but uh, you know, there are a couple bands uh, down on the uh, um, on the list. But nonetheless, it's it's still going to be a great show. So if you guys are here in the local awesome. area, you can either uh, get tickets over there. Uh, they're playing at the Alpine, or you can watch it live on uh, pay-per-view on NGBN.TV. There you go. Nice little shameless plug. All right, well, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question from my co-host. Uh, Tony, say you're going on a fishing trip. What sort of equipment do you bring with you? Uh, fishing pole, tackle box, uh, jacket, uh, fishing boots, waders, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that all sounds reasonable. What about a uh, 357 Magnum? Uh, it depends if you're going fishing in the sticks or something. You know, you never know. If you got to defend yourself against bears, meth heads, you know. <laughs> but it's not exactly an essential no, fishing tool. Yeah, it's not, it's not something I've ever brought on a fishing trip, but, uh, you know. Well, that, exactly. Well, all that goes to say that a Northeast Missouri man is hospitalized after accidentally shooting himself while fishing. 
It happened around 3 p.m. Monday on a farm east of Lancaster, Missouri. Schuler County Sheriff Joe Wubaker told KTVO, the victim is Derek Shaw, 33, of Memphis, Missouri. The sheriff said Shaw was fishing alone on a family member's farm when the shooting happened. Shaw told investigators he was messing around with his 357 Magnum when it accidentally discharged. Well, that's what happens when you mess around with it. The bullet from the handgun struck Shaw in the upper left chest area. He was able to call 911. Shaw was flown from the scene to University Hospital in Columbia, Missouri for treatment. A hospital spokesman told KTVO on Wednesday that Shaw was listed in fair condition. Lancaster Fire and Rescue, Schuler County Ambulance, and Downing Fire Department helped the Schuler County Sheriff's Office with the incident. Uh, let's see. Editor's note, they said change the to indicate the incident happened Monday instead of Tuesday. Okay, well, we really don't care about that. In any case, uh, yeah, 357 Magnum, not a fishing tool. Of course, you hear about those people who bring, like, dynamite and they throw it in and blow up and then fish come flowing to the uh, surface uh, again yeah. probably not the best way not the most sporting way to fish no absolutely homer simpson style exactly <laughs> well it's the thing like some people just should not own guns or at least go do the safety jeez louise oh and it, it's amazing how many people out there you know I, i've taken my uh, ccw class and <clears throat> I'd say half of the class didn't deserve to pass. And the good news is that the uh, the instructor didn't pass them just because gun safety wasn't there. The basics of gun safety uh, are essential. So, uh, you know, everybody should be required to do that, especially if they plan on owning a firearm. Oh, absolutely. Should be able to uh, pass a simple test. I mean, says the guy that doesn't own a gun uh, or has taken a class, but... Uh... You know, I know I would if I if I ever get one. It would be something I would do. So that way, I'm not the idiot on uh, one of these uh, stories. <laughs> Where's Tony today? <laughs> oh, we've got a story about that. Currently wounded. This it's why I'm so slow going. There you go. <laughs> well, folks, it is Friday, and we've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the week. We're looking forward to the weekend, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, not before we bring you guys good news, everyone. We've got a segment called Mythbusters, and of course, we round out the day with This Day in History. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. (laughs) From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, cowabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it.
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about each episode. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe a 357 Magnum is uh, part of your tackle box. You use it for fishing purposes. We want to hear about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is Friday, and as we like to do on Fridays, you know, we're turning the tables on all of the bad news, the hate, the vitriol, the divisiveness that's out there with a segment that I like to call Good News, everyone. So I'll go ahead and kick things off with this story. Turn back the clock to 1926. Imagine yourself a teenager, your whole life ahead of you, shining with possibility. It's your birthday. As a gift to yourself, you toss a message in a bottle into the local river and watch it float from sight, never knowing if or when the bright-eyed boy you are now will reconnect with the man you'll someday become. While that may not have been the exact scenario, 95 years later, the message, if not the bottle, was finally found or has finally found its way home. Jennifer Dowker, who captains Michigan-based Nautical North Family Adventures, spends her summer scuba diving and conducting shipwreck tours from her boat, the Yankee Sunshine. An avid collector, <laughs> an avid collector, she was performing underwater maintenance on the glass bottom window when she found a curious curio on the riverbed. The bottle's unusual antique shape, the green glass and green glass, were what first caught Dowker's eye. But on closer inspection, she realized the find was something more. Though damaged and slightly waterlogged, she and her crew learned the note inside the bottle had survived an amazing nine-plus decades in the water. Dated November 26th, it read, Will the person who finds this bottle return the paper to George Morrow Cheboygan, oh, uh, of Cheboygan, Michigan, and tell where it was found? After posting a picture of the long-missing missive to Facebook, word spread like wildfire. More than 100,000 shares and 6,000 comments later, one curious reader managed to locate Morrow's daughter, Michelle Primo, who doesn't do Facebook, to tell her story and give her Dowker's contact information. Morrow passed away in 1995, but Primo recognized her father's handwriting. With a habit of secreting small notes away in unlikely places, she said that sending a message in a bottle was very much in keeping with his sentimental character. I can just see him going out and doing that because it was his birthday, Promo told CNN. I don't know for sure, but it just sounds like something he would have done. Though initially, Dowker told Promo she'd forward the uh, mementos to her. After sleeping on the idea for a night, Promo decided a policy of finders keepers would better serve her dad's memory. I thought the right thing to do would be to give it to her, Promo told CNN. She found it, and that would keep my dad's name living on. Indeed, Dowker plans to put the souvenirs on prominent display and pass the story behind them along, preserving Morrow's legacy. Promo has planned a September visit to view the family's keepsakes in person. Now, perhaps it was purely coincidence, but this whole episode happened on Father's Day weekend. Even if it wasn't George Morrow's way of letting his little girl know he was still watching over her, all these years later, she says it brought back a boatload of wonderful memories. So, uh... You know, it's not nobody changing the world, but it is one of those things where, you know, you find a little piece of history. It brought uh, good memories to somebody who uh, had fond memories of their uh, father. And ultimately, it was just a 
feel good, good news story, which is why it makes it my good news, everyone. That was a fantastic story. That was great. Uh, you imagine you just not something you would expect to hear. And then all of a sudden there's a message from your dad. Now, granted, it's just, you know, tell me where you found it. There's no like big story behind what was in there, but still very cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you know, posthumously it was obviously found, but, uh, you know, just knowing that, uh, those little sort of keepsakes are out there for a guy who liked to leave notes like that. Really cool. That is, that is very cool. Uh, mine is, it's almost like it should be an animal tale story, but it is a good one. So I like turtles. It has nothing to do with turtles. I just wanted to play the bite, but how did Sherlock Holmes solve the case of the missing sheepdog? By using sh- simple logic. What do sheepdogs do? They herd sheep. So if a sheepdog were to suddenly vanish, where might one expect to find him? Herding sheep, of course. All right, for all you sticklers, we're aware that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle never wrote a story called The Case of the Missing Sheepdog. But when Tilly, a two-year-old border collie, Red Healer Mix, recently went AWOL after his humans and their truck were involved in a traffic accident, he was later located practicing his herding skills on a flock at a nearby farm. Tilly, named for Gonzaga University player Killen Tilly, currently on the roster of the Memphis Grizzlies, was thrown from the Oswald family's GMC Yukon when it collided with a Buick LeSabre late last Sunday morning on Idaho State Highway 41 near Rathdrum. Ejected through a broken window, a frightened Tilly ran off through the fields. Search was mounted almost immediately. Strangers stopped their cars near the site of the crash to help Mike and Linda Oswald look for their lost fur baby. After 10 hours of hunting with no luck, the Oswalds called it a night and headed home not before posting a picture of Tilly to Facebook and asking for folks to be on the lookout for their precious pooch. Their plea was shared more than 3,000 times. The following Tuesday, Tyler Potter noted something peculiar going on with one of the dogs on their family farm. An Aussie shepherd named Huey looked a bit off, like his fur was darker. She mentioned it to her brother Travis. But it was only later when another brother, Zane, noticed Huey behaving strangely. Rather than coming when called, the normally obedient hound ran in the other direction. The Potters began to suspect something unusual was afoot. When the siblings finally put two and two together, they realized they had on their hands wasn't Huey, not being Huey, it was another doggo altogether. Having been privy to the Oswald's Facebook post, they knew immediately the counterfeit shepherd was none other than the absconded Tilly. By pure coincidence, the sheriff deputy, who happened to be scouting for signs of Tilly, was passing by just as the potters reached their stunning conclusion. They relinquished custody of the sheepdog impersonator to the peace officer and did not press charges against Tilly for herding without a permit even though they were fairly certain his enthusiastic but untrained attempts had gone awry and sent several flock members out of the pasture and onto nearby road embankment. Linda Oswald confirmed the Potter's suspicions. He'll herd anything. When I go to the dog park, he tries to herd the people into one group. On Tuesday morning, Tilly was reunited with his joyful family, unhurt and relieved to be home. The only lingering effect of his two-day adventure was a tremendous thirst, which is unceremoniously assuaged by lapping up huge quantities of water from the commode. Linda Oswald admitted she had been heartbroken over the loss of her beloved pet and couldn't 
everyone who kept up the search enough. If pandemic-related social isolation has an upside, Oswald believes it's inspired folks to try to reconnect any way they can. All of a sudden, I think people saw a time to really jump out and help, even if it was just a small thing like finding a dog. There's a lot of kind people out there. And so the case of the missing sheepdog is happily closed without a single elementary, my dear Watson. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, a little uh, Sherlock Holmes pun there, but uh, no, it's funny. I uh, actually pulled that story and put it aside for uh, one of the animal tales, but uh, I thought it was funny that, yeah, you know, this dog that goes missing decides, yeah, I'm just going to keep working, keep herding uh, sheep. Uh, Not very well, but uh, at least he tried, right? No, you know, I'm glad it turned out to be a good one because this was a got home at like 2.30 this morning. Uh, like, oh, crap, I need a good news story. Saw a picture of a cute dog. I'm like, hey, that, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> I like it, which is obviously. I it and just went. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> obviously why it's your. Good news, everyone. Right, we've got enough time. I've got a short one that I'm going to run down here. With social distancing and limited face-to-face interaction, dating in the time of coronavirus had proved a challenge to everyone. (laughs) But when Cupid's dart struck one spirited pair of nonagenarians, they they refused to say no to love. When John Schultz, a widower twice over, met Joy Morrow Knowlton, who'd also lost two previous spouses, he knew he was smitten. And the feeling was mutual. Unfortunately, it seemed as if the pandemic was conspiring to keep the would-be lovers apart. While it took some doing, the upstate New York couple continued to pursue their mutual attraction despite COVID-19 shelter-in-place protocols. She was worth it. It was a pain in the neck, though, John quipped CBS's Steve Hartman during a segment of On the Road. Eventually, after recovering their, uh, from their vaccinations and with restrictions lifting, the pair was finally able to get back to the business of courtship. The more time they spent together, the stronger their bond grew until John, being an old-fashioned gentleman, finally proposed. Joy accepted. When the couple wed in a recent ceremony, both the bride and groom were 95. In traditional romance sagas, the hunky hero and the spunky heroine must face a gauntlet of obstacles before fam finally arriving at their happy ending. For John and Joy, it didn't take long. Uh, sorry, it didn't take being young or hunky to try find true love, but being spunky sure paid off. When asked what the, was the key to his dad and new stepmom's successful romance, Schultz's son Pete had a ready answer. Perseverance, he told Hartman. They'd call every day. They'd find a way to get together. They did whatever it took. Proving that if you have the courage to follow your heart, you're never too old to say, I do. Sweet story about a couple 95-year-olds getting married in the time of corona. Um, you know, it, it, true love perseveres. You know, it's... it's it really does. Obviously why it is a... Good news, everyone! <laughs> well, folks, we are headed into our break. When we come back, we've got a segment called Mythbusters, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Mythbusters! Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we are all over social media, with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, if you want to enjoy us from the comfort of your own home or on the go, just download the ngbn.tv uh, either TV app or the mobile application. From there, you can go into the Phoenix Media channel, get this great show and other Phoenix Media shows as well. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com. Very fitting. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Tony Spark. That's S P A R K 81. Or on Instagram at Tony.Sanfilippo81. Now, in the segment, came across a list of uh, you know, annoying myths that people still tend to believe, which is why I've titled this segment Mythbusters. obviously, from the popular uh, Discovery Channel show back in the day. Uh, God, I miss that show. They did some great things there. but uh, They really did some neat stuff on that show. They really did. And, you know, I still reference a lot of those today. In this case, they're a little bit smaller myths, but, uh, you know, people still tend to believe them. For instance, let's go ahead and kick things off with this first one. The myth is that goldfish can live life in a small fishbowl. It's the worst possible thing to do to them. They die so quickly because they are messy fish and ultimately swimming in toxic water. They need twice the water a regular fish does to dilute the ammonia their food and waste create. Goldfish can grow up to 12 to 14 inches and live 10 to 15 years in a proper habitat. Just because your parents' parent did this or you see them at the fair doesn't mean it's right. Same goes for the most animals kept in small cages or tanks. If you aren't going to do it right, then you should not own a pet. Do your research. And, uh, you know, it, it's totally true. When I first saw this, I thought it was the myth that uh, goldfish had uh, like five-second memories, which is also a oh, myth. Yeah. But, uh, you I've know, heard that. yeah, this one makes a lot of sense. You know, give them lots of space. You know, they're, they're not disposable uh, beings. Yeah, no. Well, goldfish, when you're a kid, you really don't even think about it. I think we had goldfish, and uh, man, they are fish are kind of hard to take care of in general. They really pets. are. I mean, you got to really be careful with the water. You got to constantly clean the tanks. So when you're transferring them, you got to make sure like the water you're placing them in temporarily is the same temp and uh, it is a lot of work with fish man it's a, a it's a lot of work for an animal that doesn't give you love back you know it's not like a dog or a cat that uh you know you put a lot of work in you get uh, something back fish are just you know fun to look at but uh still just a ton of work yeah very fun to work uh, look at but yeah a lot of work <laughs> well let's move on with our next one here in Mythbusters. The myth, certain animal parts have healing or magical properties, like tiger whiskers protect the wearer, or rhino horn cures impotence and hangovers. Rhinos! All untrue, obviously, you know, poaching is a big thing uh, in Africa, and, uh, you know, they cut off rhino horns to try and cure erectile dysfunction. It doesn't really work. No. (laughs) All right, uh, let's keep moving on with Mythbusters. Mythbusters! Words are hard today. I was telling Tony at the break <laughs> that my brain is five steps ahead of my mouth, and it's it, they're not syncing up this morning, but that's eh, the way it goes sometimes. Right. You're like, eh, no. 
All right, this next myth, it says, uh, not sure if it fits here exactly, but the McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit being a frivolous case filed by a money-hungry customer. That poor lady was a real victim who suffered legitimate injuries who only wanted her medical costs covered. Of course, that's one of those urban legends you hear about all the time. I don't know if I necessarily heard that it was frivolous, but uh, their coffee is damn hot. And so now they've got like little labels on everything and uh, even their... uh, uh, apple pies as well. You know, if you don't expect a hot apple pie, then, you know, it, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's kind of just, that goes with just having common sense. If you're getting coffee and stuff, just know it's going to be hot. It's, you just gotta be very careful. But I do remember when I was younger, um, there, there never used to be warning labels on that stuff. No. Now there's warning labels on everything everything yep the funny thing is when you come across a just ridiculous warning label it's only there because it actually happened to somebody so um, yeah you can't cure stupid people all right uh, let's keep rolling on yeah i know with mythbusters Our next myth that you can detox your body from toxins and parasites by drinking certain teas or taking some weird medication. Repeated diarrhea and frequent urination doesn't indicate toxins leaving your body. Your liver and kidneys, uh, sorry, your liver and kidneys do the job. If your liver is not functioning or you have a kidney disorder, obviously you need help, but it won't be teas that someone on Instagram is boasting about. Yeah, you hear about that all the time or these special like detox diets and things like that. No, just eat healthy from the beginning and you won't have to worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, baby. I don't know if that's yeah. the uh, right soundbite for uh, talking about diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah, baby. I mean, like it's, it's going on the diet, but uh, yeah, no, there's your diarrhea one. Let's go already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go. After vacations, you always got to detox, too. Oof. Oh, yeah. Man, just eating out all of the salt and, and uh, yeah. processed foods. Yeah, it's, uh, but just let your body do it naturally. Let's keep yeah. rolling on with Myth, myth Busters. <laughs> Can't even say the word Myth Busters, right? All right. Myth this, Busters! This <laughs> next... I'm just doing my uh, Mike Tyson uh, It's your very best. Yes, it's spinal, spinal injury. The myth that violence in the world is getting worse and worse. Actually, in relation to the world's population, we live in the most nonviolent era in history. The problem is that while 500 years ago, you might have not even heard all the news from within your city. We can now hear all the horrible news from all over the world. And we're also, uh, there's also more of us. But still, human interaction and conflict in general is much less violent than it used to be. Uh, You know, we kind of mentioned this the other day that, uh, you know, there used to be wars, wars upon wars, just all over religion. My God is better than your God. My version of the same God is better than your version of a different God. It was much less violent. Uh, Yeah, we still have violence, but communication and news is more prominent now. So that's why we hear about it. But uh, all in all, you know, we're we're in a safer, happier place uh, these days, even if it doesn't feel that way. It's not like, uh, was it uh, the the king with the drumstick off with your heads, you know? Right. <laughs> the old days. Henry VIII. Henry VIII, there it is. <laughs> so bad. 
Let's keep moving on with Mythbusters. This next myth, you know, you heard it all the time, that if you touch a baby bird, its mother will abandon it because of the smell. In reality, birds have very bad senses of smell. So, uh, yeah, you know, don't go around touching baby birds. But at the same time, uh, it, it won't cause the uh, mother to abandon them. And, you know, you won't send them to sheer doom. I was going to say, it sounds like uh, my Nevada trip, I think, last year when I was hanging out with Jenny. Like they found a baby bird and I heard that they don't touch it or the mom won't know. And it's like the mom doesn't know where it's at now. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter if, it, if you want to help the bird, it's injured, but you know, the mom's obviously not sticking around. So, <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, I mean that, hopefully that bird found its way back to the mother, but at the same time, it wasn't because somebody touched it. So no, Let's keep rolling on, talking Mythbusters. This one is simple, but it's truly a myth, and I know you will agree with it. The myth that the customer is always right. No, the customer is not always right. Most businesses have the right to refuse service to anybody um, if they choose to, and uh, most people are just not overly smart. So with that being said, uh, you know, if a customer demands something that's out of line, then you have every right to tell them no. Yeah, that, that's 100%. And I shouldn't even be a myth. Like they think that's, it's an entitlement. And it's okay to be a part of a company that wants to back, you know, like the member service, like we do, you know, you always want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, some of the ridiculous ones that because they can't read a sign, you know, and they're like, Oh well, um, that 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 toolbox said it was nine ninety nine, but clearly above the sign is something that's next to it. Because you know, you got kids or people that just walk by and flip the sign. It's not hard to go. Oh, magnets. <laughs> or the old. Let's well, get it for this price, man. The old. Oh, can't no. can't you just make an exception? No. Yeah. Or or what's what what some of my favorite things too is a coupon that ended like two months ago and they're like well i was in guatemala with jimmy and uh i didn't have time to take advantage of the sales for the chips you know it's just kind of like too bad you missed out there's a window there's a time window like if you miss it by a day okay yeah you miss it by like uh two months not so much (laughs) it'll go on sale again in another month i'm sure there you go Let's Not keep, always right. Let's keep moving on. Mythbusters. Here's one I always heard growing up and uh, obviously has to do with one of my greatest fears. Uh, the myth, you swallow eight spiders a year in your sleep. The thing was created to see how easily fake news spread. Um, I would assume you, you at least swallow one uh, just through the nature of where they're crawling. But at the same time, uh, good to know that it's not eight in a year. Yeah, I wouldn't. That's an awful lot. I mean, unless you live in a bug infested place and you sleep like this. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, then finally, let's see. What's a good one to uh, to go out? Here's one you hear about all the time. Again, talking Mythbusters. Oh, the myth is all about MSG, the favorite additive to Chinese food. A lot of people still believe it's basically poison. It's no harmful than regular salt. 
basically it's just a whole bunch of sodium uh, which, you know, a bunch of salt's not good for you either. So uh, like anything, in moderation, it is okay. Um, it is known to be slightly addictive, but uh, it de- definitely makes uh, Chinese food taste that much better. Come down to my Western one. I swear it have no MSG. Come find me on Highway 50s. No big deal. <laughs> no MSG. A lot of sodium, though. It going to get you uh, a little hungry, a little stuffy. No big deal. I figure you get a kick out of that one. Well, yeah, folks, no that does it for this segment. When we come back, we're heading to the final segment of the day. It is time for This Day in History, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks. We've made it to not only the final segment of the day, but also the final segment of the week here on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Christian, shut up for a second. <laughs> Thanks, Homer. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Like, subscribe, tweet, retweet, uh, Insta, whatever you want. Share it, like it, download the app. Just and, do it. Uh, get, and get Reno Palooza this weekend on pay-per-view on the Phoenix Media exactly. Channel. Exactly. Real quick before we get into this day in history, uh, just a programming note that uh, all next week we will be running best ofs of the Christian Phoenix radio show. Uh, taking some time to spend with my kids who are out for the summer. Uh, we're going away for a couple days. And so, uh, you know, enjoy some of the uh, best of our show. And uh, we'll be back the following Monday with brand new content. With that being Ooh. said, in this segment, we like to drop a little knowledge on you. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thank you, Siri. All right, kicking things off this day in 1401, Turco-Mongol ruler Tamerlane destroys Baghdad, killing 20,000. Um, I didn't realize that the Mongol Empire went as far uh, west as uh, Baghdad. That's crazy. I didn't either. Ah, we in Baghdad. I just wouldn't put those two together, so. No, no, you, you think Middle East, Far East, but uh, you know, there was some cross-pollination there for sure. Let's yeah. let, let's keep moving on this day in 1776. The Declaration of Independence is read to George Washington's troops in New York. Obviously, uh, if you've been following the last couple days, uh, I think, what, two days ago, it was read in Pennsylvania for the very first time. Apparently took a couple more days to get to New York. But uh, slowly, they were rolling out our freedom uh, to uh, people as they went along. Yeah. They sure didn't have Facebook and social media in 1776. (laughs) I'm John Hancock. I like that extra large. Where's my large thumb button? 
<laughs> and I would imagine that uh, the document was probably a little too big for uh, carrier pigeon. So, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> oh, I know where Tone's going because uh, this oh, day in 1807. I just saw his picture. <laughs> the uh, second treaty of Tilsit signed by France, of course, Napoleon Bonaparte between Russia and Prussia. Of course, we all know how Napoleon uh, celebrated that uh, treaty. Napoleon, Champollion! Heading on down to uh, Farrell's getting that Piggly Wiggly ice cream trough. Excellent! All right, uh, let's see. Keep moving on. This day in 1867, an unsuccessful expedition led by E.D. Young sets out to search for Dr. David Livingstone, the Scottish missionary and explorer. Of course, uh, that's where you hear that uh, classic line, uh, Dr. Livingstone, I presume. Dr. Livingstone? (laughs) Unbelievable. Moving on this day in 1893, Daniel Williams repairs the torn pericardium of a knife wound patient, James Cornish, without penicillin or blood transfusion. Basically, he did heart, open heart surgery on this guy, repaired it, the guy lived, all without uh, antibiotics. That's crazy. It's crazy. Just shut up. I'm going to help you. I'm a doctor. <laughs> this ain't Dr. Livingstone, so don't presume it. Oh, I wouldn't w- have wanted to have surgery back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, even well before that. No anesthetic. No. no nothing. Oh, ugh, ugh. All right. Quit this being a pansy. This day in 1914, Boston Red Sox purchased future baseball Hall of Fame slugger Babe Ruth's contract from the minor league Baltimore Orioles. Oh, that was the very first step in the uh, almost uh, century-long Curse of the Bambino. Yeah. They had to acquire him first before trading him to the the Yankees. (laughs) Baby Ruth. This day in 1955, Bill Haley and the Comets rock around the clock tops the Billboard chart, one of the best-selling singles ever. Um, You know, it was uh, prior to the Beatles, prior to Elvis. Simple song, but uh, catchy hook. Yeah, it definitely had a hook. A hook! This day in 1956, Dick Clark's first appearance as host of American Bandstand. Uh, much better than his last appearance on television, where it was uh, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, and uh, he had suffered the stroke, he couldn't count down properly. Um, poor guy, he should have uh, exited television long before he did. Yeah. He was in television for a long time. He was. I mean, let's see. 1956 to, what, 2015, 16, before he passed away? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's crazy. I know. And at that point, he always had Ryan Seacrest everywhere, which is weird because now Ryan Seacrest has, like, those issues. He may have had a stroke himself, but uh, you know, yeah. not showing it much. In any case, uh, let's keep rolling on this day in 1962. Andy Warhol's first West Coast Gallery exhibition in the Ferris Gallery of Los Angeles. Um, Not a big Andy Warhol fan. Uh, When I was in the automotive industry, he did this great uh, Mercedes-Benz sort of collage type thing, which was kind of cool. But other than that, uh, it doesn't do much for me. Nah. This this, uh, artwork sells for a ton, though. Yeah, it does. All right, uh, and apparently he was a MIB agent, according to uh, <laughs> MIB3. So, yeah. 
<laughs> this day in 1968, Wilt Chamberlain becomes the first reigning NBA MVP to be traded the next season when he moves from the Philadelphia 76ers to the LA Lakes Lakers. Why would you get rid of your MVP? That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and and who knows at that time was a contract was a dispute. This is why uh, in today's modern day, the MVP wants out and the team won't let him out. They're like, uh, no. Yeah, sorry. Nothing we can do about the MV- it. Here, the MVP. Learn <laughs> to like it or don't play. Rolling on this day in 1972, the first tour of Paul McCartney and Wings begins in France. That's right. We are going to go on tour. You and me and Wings. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1980, seven die in a stampede to see Pope John Paul II in Brazil. Uh, opposite of uh, the creepy Pope Benedict, where I'm sure people died in a stampede getting away from him because uh, that guy was right, Exactly. He's freaky. But isn't that sad, though? It's just to, just to see a guy with the Pope hat, you're going to die because people are going to trample you to death. Awful. Well, hopefully they went to heaven because they were trampled in going to see the Pope. So This is true. Moving on this day in 1988, Nolan Ryan is seventh to win 100 games on two teams as the Astros uh, Astros beat the Mets six to three. And it does it does say oh be, as an Astros what it says yeah because I was like wait that, that's confusing yeah Nolan Ryan pitched for a lot of teams uh, surprisingly well he was but around forever awesome. but yeah great great pitcher the oh. Ryan Express. <laughs> Moving on this day in 2001, The Office, mockumentary created by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, starring Ricky Gervais and Martin Freeman, premieres on the BBC Two in the UK. Obviously, this was the precursor to the uh, Michael Scott uh, version here in the US. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't really get into the uh, Ricky uh, Gervais this one. I tried watching it and I was like, eh, it's OK, it, but, it, but it's because I've seen the American one first. I've tried watching them both. I can't get into either one. Um, yeah, don't know why. May I, I don't, yeah, that's a, that's crazy. You don't you haven't gotten into the office? It actually it's pretty funny. And it's, it takes a while to get into, but it it's got some just ridiculous. Now, of course, I I could understand if you're watching the later seasons. Those are pretty bad. I think like uh, Parks and Rec, I got to start with season two because season one, they were still trying to find their dynamic between all the characters. Yeah. But uh, well, and Michael Scott or uh, uh, Steve Carell had the weird hair plugs going on in the first season. It, it, that was a little weird. <laughs> and then finally here in this day in history, this day in 2009, Joe Sackick retires after 21 NHL seasons with the Quebec Nordiques. Colorado Avalanche franchise finishing with 625 goals and 1,641 points. What a legend and a little local there to you, Tone. Yep. And he is, uh, he's what John Elway was to the Broncos. Like even now in post, he's, uh, he's like in management. I don't know exactly what role he plays. I think he might be the GM. Either way, he's still doing uh, good even behind the scenes. Very cool. Well, before we head out for the day, let's run down some of today's holidays. Where we talk about the things that we like to celebrate. For instance, today is Call of the Horizon Day, whatever that means. It is Collector Car Appreciation Day. It is Fashion Day. 
It is Martyrdom of the Bab Day. Again, don't know what that means. National Don't Put All Your Eggs in One Omelet Day. Okay. National No Bra Day. I can get behind that. National Sugar Cookie Day. And finally, World Kebab Day. Folks, that does it for this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. As I mentioned, we are taking the next week off. Bunch of best ofs. But in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. And we'll see you all the following Monday. Peace. Thank you.